going on, everybody? I would like to welcome you to another episode of the No BS Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Jordan Pierce. And today, we got a returning guest. Mr. Roger Turner is on the other line. Um, you guys uh, can go back if you haven't heard his part one. Very dope. Um, extremely informative. I think you guys should just check that out. Uh, it was about a, <laughs> a little longer than we thought, but it's almost been a year, kind of, sort of, uh, about last July. Um, but just go check that out. Um, but yeah, so we we finally caught back up. Um, I was supposed to link back up with him in what was it October or something like that. Uh, but had some personal so, issues. November? Yeah, November. Uh, yeah, there we go. November. Yeah. So, um, had some personal issues that I had to tend to, so I wasn't able to, so I apologize to y'all about that. But, we back at it now, so we about to find out what Mr. Turner's been up to. So, what's going on, bro? What's good, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. Just trying to stay safe in this quarantine shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary, scary world we live in. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Side note, everybody be safe. <laughs> yes, yes. So what's up? So what happened? Um, it's been a minute <laughs> since I guess since we uh, last yeah. uh, got up or whatever like that. So, um, so I guess you could say yeah, how how just summer end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My summer was um, summer ended good. It was um, whew, I had done a lot <laughs> since the summer. It's uh, it's pretty crazy when you look back and think about it. I mean, especially given what's going on in this current moment. Yeah. But summer was uh, summer was nice. I, Ended on um, Ohana, really, in May, the film festival up in Hoboken, uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. the Hoboken Film Festival. Um, that was dope. Then July, I just pretty much was focused on myself, for real, for real. I just took some personal time and um, went and, like, finished the summer off just, like, chilling. Really trying to spend as much time with my family, for real, for because real, I felt like I hadn't, like, seen my family and shit in a good minute. So, took some time to just, like, myself and just put the mind, for real, bro. Like, that was, <laughs> that was, that was an intricate part of last year. Like, ending the summer, getting my mind clear and just kind of gearing up for what I was anticipating in the, in the winter and in the upcoming year. So, yeah, man. September, I ended up getting my own place, got my own spot now. I'm on a little lab, bro. It's it's nice, it's nice. And uh, 2020 was kind of the whole vision all throughout 2019, just kind of preparing for what what would be my next move. And um, this year, like I'm about 100, percent I'm about 90 percent sure that I'm going to New York in uh, September. So that's that's really been my most intricate focus over the past couple of months mm-hmm. is just uh, preparing myself for that move and really just saving up, getting my stuff together as far as a portfolio and um, just, just honing in on my craft, bro, just writing. And uh, like I said, these current times are perfect perfect circumstances for an introvert like me who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who like to write. So, so I've just been chilling, bro. I've just really been chilling, getting myself together. But not really, I'm, I'm anxious to um, to really get through this year. It ain't been the best year thus far, Word. but um, I'm 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 really anticipating to see what what 2020 has to offer for real. That's what's up. Um, so let's take us back to um when you was up in New York in November. What was that for? Yo, so I went to New York in November. Um, my boy who lives up there in Brooklyn, um, he uh his mom actually we were real close and. She, uh, she kind of acts as our executive producer. So if for people who are not familiar with the film industry, executive producers is a title given to people who just give you money to produce movies, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to make uh, as a producer or as a director. And um, really just a low-budget film. So it can range from your mom and your pops, your grand, your granddad, uh, you know, anybody who's really interested in film. Um, but essentially, investors, they just invest, people invest in movies. And uh, she's our biggest supporter as far as what we want to do. And um, she she gave me a call uh, in the summer, actually. And this, she kind of got the ball rolling with um, really just the whole motivation behind me coming up there in November, but really, like, focus or, like, trying to sharpen my skills in a different way, if you will. So she gave me a call. She was like, hey, I got this um, lady who comes in. And she cuts hair at my um, job. And she works in this advertising 
and this lady would set, set up shop, like a, a mobile barber shop, and, cut, and she would come in there and she'd cut people's hair like once, twice a week. Mm-hmm. She'd have her set days, you could set an appointment, and she'd come in there and cut you up or whatever, and she had a whole side business, for, or it was a whole business. It's called Groom Guys. Um, so she was like, yo, I, I think that'd be a really interesting story. She, the barber, she was um, a lesbian, so she had that. She was also a military vet. She was also from Louisiana, living like in New York. Hmm. She also was a barber, but she was stepping away from being a barber in a barber shop because she wanted to be an entrepreneur and do this whole mobile barber shop. So she was doing like she was really just trying to be like an entrepreneur, but she had a really really unique background. So that kind of like motivated, or she was motivated to ask me, "Hey, would you want to do a short documentary on her?" And I was like, "Yeah." Why not? So she was like, all right, bet. She flew me up there, got me all set up and everything. She was dope. But also in that weekend, she had another idea that she had pitched to me as well. And she was like, hey, the, guy that she, the other guy that she worked with, he, um, his brother was a, uh, I want to say he was a former player, if I'm not mistaken, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten... Um, caught up in some sort of robbery that took place where Eagles players were involved and the person who got robbed ended up getting killed mm. during the robbery. So he got picked, he got like called in to um, be like placed for a lineup, right? Mm-hmm. So the witness identified him as one of the people who was there robbing him or whatever. And like the people, I guess the people who actually did it corroborated or some shit. Mm-hmm. It was wild. But essentially he got wrongly convicted for it Ended up getting sentenced to like twenty years in prison. Dude's and dude ends up getting his law degree. Ends up becoming a para, uh, uh, paralegal and starts helping other inmates with their cases. So he was about to get out last summer, I think. It was supposed to be like last August, mm-hmm. and she was like, it got pushed back to November. And his brother, who is her coworker, was getting married in November. So. She was like, he's going to be at the wedding, and it's like part wedding, part celebration for his homecoming type thing. So I was like, all right, bet. Word. Like, camera, like, let's, let's do this. Like, this ought to be dope, right? So I was like, worst case scenario, I'll just get some footage, and I can roll with it. And I got B-roll at, at the very least of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Turns out, he, he ended up not showing up because he was still locked up. They pushed his date back again to like wow. December or some shit. And yeah, bro, I ended up talking to him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother his brother got him on the phone at the wedding. And yo, on some real shit, that was the first time I talked to somebody in prison. And I was like, yo, <laughs> like on the phone in prison, I was like, yo, this is, this is for real. <laughs> and he was just like, yo, he, he was, I mean, he was, he was dope as fuck, bro. Like he would have just he would have been like any other, any other regular dude off the street, like the uh-huh. way he was talking to me and everything. And I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can for you. Just, you know, let me know when you got a release date. I was like, I'm going to stay in touch with your brother. And as soon as you get a release date, like I'll make sure I'm here for it. Because that was the main thing. I was like, I just want to make sure I capture as much as I can. But yeah. not only that, I'm, I need to also do some research on this. So those are the two projects that brought me up to New York. Um and it just so happened to be the same week of the New York Marathon, which was pretty dope because I had never seen that shit. And that was a spectacle in itself. But mm. other than that, it was a, it was just a quick trip. And then I came back for the Jets Giants game for a little leisure. So <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, the only like you, the only Jets per- only. I think yeah, you the only other than Gary V, bro. You the only Jets fan I know. <laughs> Word up, bro. So you're the only one on a personal level, and you're the second person I know. Like, period. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, um, man. so um, your trip. So you, I know you got like different partners and stuff like that that you work with, as far as like uh, yeah. the film industry and stuff like that. So uh, how big is that circle? Is it a bunch of y'all? Is it like three of y'all? I don't think we got into that last time. Yeah, so my circle for real is pretty small. It's um the main it's mainly myself and my boy Dylan up in New York mm-hmm. and he's so he's working to be more he's working to be an actor. Okay. And like that's mainly what he's focused on. Myself, I'm 
more just like front, like honed in on being behind the scenes and whatnot. So, passion, like where the passion is for me is writing and directing, and so that's what I'm trying to sharpen my skills on, which is directing because the writing I feel as though I've kind of just innately done that all my life, so it's kind of that's kind of second nature to me, if you will, mm-hmm. and doing the doing directing like or directing stuff is very different because you gotta really take charge of it but not only that you gotta be the visionary behind everything you gotta get everybody on board with your vision um so i've been doing a lot of like a lot i've been picking up a lot of books to be honest with you the past couple of months and just reading and doing a lot of research on you know how to be a better director and a better producer because ultimately the goal would be to you know have my own production company and whatnot but as of recently, I will I will say, the more I focus on what it is that I truly got into movies and everything for, which is writing, the more rewarding every day is, if you will. So it's mm-hmm. like it's more of a combination of finding that middle ground at this point. Is, mm-hmm. You know, how much writing do I need to do, and how much focus do I need to emphasize on, you know, directing and being a better director if you will so that's that's really it and it's just like I said it's just us two really um you remember Gary Gary Gary's our main producer like if if we need anything as far as coordinating and everything like Gary he's in charge of setting up the website and whatnot uh, I got my boy Wade down here he does like he helps me a lot with pre-production stuff so like coming up with script ideas mm-hmm. um and we'll just kind of like you know write shorts together we'll have we was, like, we'll meet up a couple of months out of the year and stuff, or, I mean, a couple of days out of the other month, where we'll just have writing days and just bounce ideas off each other, write, write scripts, trade different concepts. Like, it's, it's just, it's about four, maybe five of us. Okay. But we all try to bounce ideas off of one another, and if anybody's really got, like, any project that comes to mind where it's like, yo, let's do this, we'll all come together and do it, but only, like, Got you. So, question, quick question, because some of you said it kind of had me thinking. Um, so, as far as the film industry, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, are there? Because I honestly I don't have no clue about the film industry. But as far as like writers and producers and directors, I understand. Like, are there? Are there anybody that does all three that's in the industry right now? Yeah, people do, I mean, like, people do all three, and, like, it's more just, how can you get it made? You know what mm, I mean? Like, got who, you. like, how many people do you need to get this made? So, look at it from the most micro perspective to the most, you know, the biggest possible production. So, like, our production that we did, or that we would do as a short film, like the one we did in August, for example, mm-hmm. um, that was... That was seven of us, I think. And people I had that were extra people were just other actors that I knew who I was friends with. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody do the makeup for us who was also a, work, a co-worker of mine. So she just came over and did the makeup. Mm-hmm. And then you had the main core people there. And my boy Nick down here who does film as well, he was behind the camera. Got so you. you really just kind of like, gotta pick and choose based off of what you have available to be honest with you because movies (laughs) movies are real making just making anything to be like made as a film or Mm -hmm. to tell a story Mm -hmm. as a as as like a film or a movie or television show or whatever whatever case would be bro you gotta like do it over and over so many times in so many different but yet the same position that it gets repetitive and it takes up time so you know, the more people you have, like, the more hands on deck you have, the better, so. So how, 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 um, <clears throat> timeline-wise, how, how, uh, long do you think it takes to, um, or would you say on average it takes to shoot, uh, shoot, like, a short film or something? So, yeah, I, I totally skipped the whole, uh, film that we shot in August. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was yeah. getting there. I, I, ain't, I was like, okay, he said that, I'm going to go back to it, but I want to know. Yeah, so we shot this uh, short film called The Association, which was pretty much about um, athletes being taken advantage of in the NCAA 
NCAA athletes. Um, and that took three days. Hmm. Yeah, like three days, I think. And it's, we, it was intended to be like 15 minutes. It turned out to be like eight. Got you. So it took, so it took three days. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it can take it can take a minute, but the more people you have, the got you. The that makes sense. The less time it'll take, but then also the better uh, quality product you'll make. That makes sense. Um. So, question. Uh, I'm gonna get back to that. Um. The 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 short film you guys shot, but just side question real quick. Yeah. What's the process? If you do you know what's the process of like how these uh these uh films or documentaries stuff like that get get on like Netflix and other streaming platforms opposed to you know what I mean? Is there a process they have to go through, or you got to know somebody? Like, what's that process? Yeah, that's a good question, bro. Um, so. <laughs> It's, it's kind of a combination. It's definitely a process. Yes, to answer your question, it's definitely a process behind it. And it does take knowing people mm-hmm. in this industry more than it takes in any other industry. Mm-hmm. Um, only because a lot of people who come into this industry, you are entrusted with a lot of confidential information in the sense of you have ideas floating around constantly, right? Mm-hmm. And then not only that, you have access to a lot of, like, high-end people, just because studios, executives, studio executives, TV, net- TV networks, like, media companies, like, that's that's a big, that's a big business, you know what I mean? So, you have a lot of, you have a lot of, like, connections that you have accessibility to mm-hmm. just by being in the industry. So, people want to make sure you're a vetted person coming into that as an outsider it's not impossible for you to get into the industry. It's just you have to either be really good at it because it's cutthroat and everybody's trying to get in, or you have to know somebody who can get you a, get you a foot in the door so that you can walk in and introduce yourself to Central. Okay. And the process for somebody like me who was a writer would be to go to school at WVU, graduate, go to film school at NYU, enroll in their film program as like in the screenwriting program if I don't get accepted there go to UCLA or USC or one of those three to five schools that have like the best writing programs in the nation get in there do the program graduate part of your curriculum is writing a script that you work with like a professional writer on and like they get it to their agents and other shit and not only that you pretty much guarantee representation when you get out because you a know how to write an industry script and b you have connections that you've made even just at your university who used to work in the industry so you can call your fucking or you can email your fucking classmate even who's a goddamn editor (laughs) and be like hey dude you got a you got a project you can help me out with yeah man and next thing you know he got, he got like six of his buddies who do all types of shit with Meta and then they're like yo let's make this or something like that so it. you, you're, you're totally connected if you know somebody but that's the most like that would be the most preferred method for somebody like me to get in to the business as a writer because even when I leave school at the very least I would be a assistant to a staff writer on a Netflix show or whatever got you got you then the other most realistic approach for somebody like me <laughs> is to either be really is to be really good at what I do, which is being a writer, mm-hmm. and either live in LA or New York and know people who are in the industry, or be able to work with people who are in the industry. As in, like that's my day job, so like I'm just in front of them all the time. Got you, and know how it works, and then do my own shit and get it to somebody at the right time when I'm able to say, hey, can you help me finance this? I need to, I, I want to make this shit. Can you help me make it? And they're like, fuck yeah. Because in cities like LA and New York, you're more likely to run into some, you're more likely to run into fucking Spider-Man than you are Joe Blow. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, very it's, true. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot more 
access to people who have, who have power, who have the power to say, yeah, here's 50 grand, dude. Look, if you don't make <laughs> it, it's cool, but, like, how long is it going to take? Yeah. You know, it'll take, like, it'll take, like, maybe three months. All right. Look, I'm going to Italy, like, I'll be back in, like, <laughs> six months. Can you, do you think it'll be done by then? Like, yeah, dude, I just told you it'd be three months. All right. All right, I'll see you. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's, it's just like the amount of the amount of people who like invest in movies is it's it, it's levels to it, but it's it's out there where people are just like, all right, here's a it's, it's fifty grand, here's five hundred grand, just like go do this. This is what we're expecting to do, and you can do a lot of shit with five hundred thousand dollars hmm. with a can't like like as far as video equipment, yeah. you can't do so much with five thousand dollars, <laughs> and that's. And that and that's what like really makes the difference. So gotcha. um the last the other part to that process would be as in like the most alternative route would be entering screenplay contests and then your script gets recognized and a screenplay contest advances to like semi final round and it, one of the judges reads it and really likes it and they pass it on to a producer or an agent or a manager or somebody who contacts you and is like, hey, I really like this. And then you kind of go on from there. Gotcha. So the main process, I would say, is putting yourself in front of people who are able to be at the table. Mm-hmm. And then from there, putting yourself representation. And then from there, being able to create the stuff that you have put to paper or have been trying to pitch this money to me. Got you. Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> now we're going to go... Um, that was a little side question. Now we're going to go back to uh, this short film that you said you shot in August. Um, how did that process as far as, like, uh, shooting it and, like, was there a purpose behind it? Like, did y'all send it to somebody? Did y'all... You know what I mean? Like, how did that... Or y'all just shot it for fun? Yeah, so we shot it... Um in August, it was called the Association. It was about the NCAA, which is the National Collegiate Athletic Association, mm-hmm. and how they don't pay athletes, but athletes are exploited. So it was a short film where it was more like dramatic and shit than mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. where I played the dude who got hurt, and he was like walking into his boy's crib on crutches or whatever, mm-hmm. hurt, and... You know, he lost his chances of getting drafted pretty much in the first round. So this takes a, it just it's just it's just a take on that. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a like my personal view towards how athletes should get the worst end of the stick as being exploited by the NCAA versus just getting some sort of compensation for the millions of dollars that they're making the school and the, the NCAA. So Got you. that was um that was pretty much what it was about. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was definitely like a passion project, but a lot of it was, I mean, when it came out, so like we shot it and I was excited to shoot it and shit. And then it came out and I was like, what the fuck? I don't like this. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah. So I was like, I was really going back and forth on what it needed. And I ended up, bro, I ended up cutting it like, like four four and a half minutes or something like that like I cut like the shit I cut a shit shit ton out of it mm. I was just like whoa I kind of like this a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had read this book it was called uh, it was called Making It Big in Shorts right mm-hmm. and it was this this lady who was a UCLA like film teacher she won a whole bunch of like short awards and she was like the shorter it is the better it is. She was like, the shorter it is, like the better because you can you can pack a lot of shit into a short film, like as far as a message. Mm-hmm. If you get to the point, like if, if you get if you get straight to the point, you convey it and you tell it in a unique way and creative way. People are gonna like it. You just gotta figure out how to do it. <laughs> how yeah. to do it. Yeah. And so, like I said, we had it at four and a half minutes. I had one at like thirteen and a half minutes. And then the one I settled on, it was like eight and a half minutes. And I, I, I was, I was, I was satisfied. I was satisfied. I was like, I, I do like it. I would, I would enter it into a film festival. So I did. We entered it into three film festivals, and it, it was not selected for any. So that was uh, definitely a, a learning experience, to 
say the least, on being better prepared going into a production as far as knowing exactly what role you want to play and what role you, you need other people to be on point and plan. Got you. So is that is this something that I know you said it you said it was a kind of a passion project. Is this something that you would revisit and redo or is this something that you kinda like gonna leave alone right now? I I probably will revisit it, but like later on down the road. Okay. I would I would probably do it like as a revival project if I can find a a, a better use as far as the premise for the title. Okay. But um, not any Thompson for sure. Got you. All right, that's what's up. Um, so, um, while you were talking, I kind of got a um, had like some other questions run through my head. Um, mm -hmm. they're kind of like a little all over the place, so bear with me. <laughs> but, um, oh, good. what's the difference? What would you say? Um, because you're a writer, so what would you say? You your thoughts on like the main difference between um, writing a book. And writing a script. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a little bit more of a challenge to write a book for me personally. Okay. Um, only because I like screenplays. Like my first interest in screenplays came when I realized, wait a second, I can write some shit that doesn't need to be written like a book and still, like, tell a story that way. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, for real? So, the first book, I, the first, the first screenplay I read was a book. Like, it was, it was in the form of a book. It was, uh, it's called Monster. Mm -hmm. And, it's a pretty fucked up book, but I, I, I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I, bro, I read that joint when I was, like, 12. And, I highly recommend everybody read it. It's about this kid who's writing, he's writing, like, a screenplay, so he's writing, like, you kind of see it, like, you, it was the first book I had read that I could see, like, I could see what was happening on the page, hmm. and he talked about being locked up in this juvenile center uh, in New York, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is some graphic shit, but it is, I just can't stop turning the page, like, I just couldn't yeah, stop yeah, reading, yeah. and... So writing a book, like you gotta be more descript you gotta be more descriptive with creating like this imagery and this relationship with the characters that is conveyed in the words. Like you have to make the audience or like your reader feel what this character is going through. Like you gotta you gotta like put the character you gotta put them like in the world but like through every word, like every word it kinda has to like wrap it all together for the reader. To where the reader can like feel like they actually there, whereas a, a screenplay you can see it. Like you, yeah. like you read a screenplay, you should be like every every line you can like see and you can hear, and you can and you hear each each character's voice. Like you hear, like you can hear them speaking. You can hear like based off their name and what they say and how they say it gotcha. and where they're at gotcha. and all that shit. Like you can you can see all of that. So. That was that was what intrigued me about screenplays. I was like, this is something like I feel like I feel like I'm right there. Like that was the first book, bro. I had read. Where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in the jail. Like I'm in jail with this nigga. Like this shit is crazy. I couldn't stop reading it. So wow, that's dope. That was yeah. That's that's kind of like that's the difference in my personal opinion. Uh, somebody else can give you some textbook ass opinion about <laughs> what the actual difference is. But to me, in the simplest version, it's just a matter of. When you like, don't get me wrong. Screenplays are descriptive, but they got to be descriptive in less words. So you can't write a whole like paragraph or like description in a screenplay. Otherwise, you're gonna throw that shit away in a second. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can see that too because you got because you got actors to act out those descriptions. So it makes sense. And I kind of got that when exactly. you're talking. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. So I know that you like to. Um, uh, I know you said, I think last time we spoke, I want to say you said your favorite genre. Well, not your favorite genre, but what you like to write about was like kind of like um, like athletes and like putting like different spins on it. So I wanted to ask you, I've been wanting to ask you this for a minute now. Have you watched the um, Netflix uh, joint All-American? I have not. 
However, I've seen some feedback on it. As <laughs> I've heard people like on social media talking about it. Gotcha. Um, and it piqued my interest. And now that you just asked me about it, I'm even more curious to watch <laughs> it. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, to be honest. And this just come from like I'm not a writer, I'm not nothing. <laughs> this just coming from a uh, just a <laughs> audience member, I guess. Um, I like it. Uh, I really, really like certain things. I don't like. I feel like they it was kind of cheesy at some points. I hate that. That's the uh, that's one thing I hate about um, like movies and uh, TV shows. I hate like cheesiness, and I hate when you can kind of uh, predict what's about to happen. Like that's annoying sometimes too. Um, but overall though overall though i like it i really do like the show um i haven't finished it yet but i really like it um because i was going to ask you like you got to watch it man because i was going to ask you if like what would you change or like what your thoughts as far as like um if you were to write it what would it be you know what i mean how would you have done it in what way because i think that's kind of interesting getting somebody else's point of view that that is a writer and enjoys writing stuff like that because um yeah it's a dope like if you're an athlete and obviously if, if you're a black if you're, if you're african-american if you're an athlete you can extremely almost nine out of ten you can kind of relate low-key to the situation like that he like he's going through and it's weird i'm not gonna tell you like what's happening but like it's it's just a weird um mix and i think it's interesting because uh i mean i'm sure it's like his situation probably has happened before but it was just an interesting take on um, how he, how can I put it? How he kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of how he, he dealt with the, I guess you could say he dealt with the situation of transitioning from, I guess, like one area into the next, but like really not leaving. It's just weird, man. <laughs> like, it's just a weird setup. I think they, like, I think they did a good job though. Whoever wrote it and how they shot it, I think it was good. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I, here's what I do know about it, right? Mm -hmm. I was on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix like a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Months ago, actually. And I let the trailer play. Mm -hmm. It was like the little trailer. I was like, what is it about? And because it was like season two coming soon. Yeah, season two just so dropped. Like, oh, yeah, I haven't finished the second I season. I saw it, yeah. So I was, I, I watched the trailer jump. And it was a, it was a coach telling the... Uh, the dude who was, I'm assuming, like, the main character, mm -hmm. he told him, like, I think he told him, like, um, run or something or why he didn't run. Mm -hmm. And he had some smart answer for him. And, and the coach, like, said something back to him or whatever, like, put him in a, put him in line and, like, held him to the same standard as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And the coach was black. Yeah. So I saw it as if this dude is transitioning, into this environment that he's totally unfamiliar with. To make it more authentic, I don't give a fuck about the acting or like, I don't know any of the characters or any backstory or none of that shit. Just to make it a more authentic from a 30 second or one minute trailer, I would have definitely made sure the coach was white as fuck and this nigga hated <laughs> I would have made that conflict number one, bro. Because that's, that's his biggest challenge. Like, that's his biggest challenge as a coach or uh, an administrator or somebody to that effect. Like, Now that you say that, I mean, like, I mean, now that you say that, like, yeah, you don't know the backstory. So, like, I, like, since I watched season one, since I, like, I know the backstory, it, it make yeah. it, I just say this, I think it makes sense. But, it does. Okay. I will, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely makes sense. However, though, now that you say that, it is very interesting because even like, uh, like a little tidbit, like they're the you know how like each team has like boosters and stuff like that, right? That donate money to the team and this that and the third. So, yeah, th the head booster, my nigga, is black. So like now that you say that, I'm like, why? Now that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like that, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Like why is the head booster black, bro? Like that okay, is yeah, strange. So that's, that's the problem. Yeah, like that's strange. Now that you, now that you, I never looked at it until just now. Like yo, like I never thought it was an issue, but now that you say that, I'm like yo, like he shouldn't have been black. 
Like, I don't think he should have been black. And, I, and, like, I'm not going to tell you what, ha- like, the story, but certain things that happened in season two with the head booster would make a whole bunch more sense <laughs> if he was white. <laughs> like, it, it would. Like, you kind of would, like, expect it. You know what I mean? Like, now that you, yo, I, that's crazy. So, all right, look, look. This is what I think we should do. I think whenever you get a chance... For real, for real. Whenever you get a chance, because this is interesting. This is, I think this is going to be extremely interesting. Whenever you get a chance, I think you should um, watch it in your free time. After you finish both season one and season two, I think you should hit me. And I think we should do a separate episode. Real shit. We should do a separate episode on your thoughts. What you would have done different. How you would have written it. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, yeah, like a writer's. In- that, bro, we got to do that. That'd be dope. Bro, all right. Well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to forewarn you and your audience. So, <laughs> my only thing is, I'm going to put it like this. Friday Night Lights, the movie, yeah. was the dopest shit I had ever bro, that's my fa- like, Bro, that's my shit. favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time. I, bro, hands down. I was like, this is my favorite movie. Love it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember the show coming on, like, Direct TV 1 and shit when I was growing up. And I was like, I ain't watching this shit. I hate this, right? I got into my freshman year of college, bro. My roommate was watching it. And I was like, bro, is this shit good? And he was like, yeah, it's pretty good. So I was like, man, let me check this shit out. Let me just see what it's talking about, bro. Bro, I watched the first season. I couldn't turn that shit off. Wow. And, and I haven't watched it because of the reason you said I'm not watching no spinoff. I literally have not watched it, bro. Yeah. Bro, I was like, I was like, this shit gonna be whack as fuck. It ain't gonna, nah. Bro, I was hooked. The first season. Second season, they bring in this nigga Michael B. Jordan. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> bro, I was blown away. So... The second season was just as dope. And they had the light skinned girl, bro, who she got curly hair, light skinned. She had braces at one point. Now she ain't got braces. She's real cute, but I can't remember her fucking name. Anyway, she was in there too, and she was like Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Second season was dope as shit. Third season was dope. And I think it went on like to six seasons or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a dope ass, like, series like it was it's one of my favorite series i'm looking at a poster that i got in my room right now <laughs> of the actual series i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have to check it out i'm gonna have to check it out yeah and um i'm thinking all american can go that way or it can go ballers way <laughs> yeah but I, oh bro ball don't even talk about ballers bro i couldn't man I was so upset on how how that turned out. I feel like that could have. I feel like it was a dope concept, and this is me just being like a. You know what I mean? I feel like it was a dope concept to be honest. Just my take on ballers, but I feel like it was executed yeah. badly. Absolutely, it was executed badly from the start. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, they gotta resurrect it the second season, or I'm just turning it the fuck off because it ain't gonna get better if they don't fix it the second season. Yeah. The second season was just trash. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Don't it. Yeah. And executed really badly. Everything. Yeah, everything with it was, it just, it just didn't work. So, I don't know if that was because the acting was not having, like, real actors play the, you know, the athletes and shit, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it was so much of that as it was, they just didn't really have a story that was relatable to a lot of people. Like, it was only relatable to a very small percentage of people. Like, you had to be a sports head to, like... Yeah. Yeah. Not you had to be a dude. Like they didn't open it up to like like teenagers, for example. Like I feel like a teenager would want to watch ballers and want to actually feel like they're in this person. Like this this shit that they're watching is realistic. Yeah. Like I just didn't feel like none of that shit was realistic. Yeah. It was executed badly. I didn't like it. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't like it. Like the cast, like (laughs) you know, people who they had in it was like, all right, bet it might be good, but. Nah, it was executed badly. I didn't like it at all. Um, so we definitely, so we definitely got to do that. You definitely got to watch All American, and we definitely gonna make a separate episode and be strictly gonna be talking about that and what you're taking. That's interesting. Now, um, 
Yeah, I, I no, want to know. I'm gonna watch that shit this weekend now, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to know. I want to know your thoughts. I want to because over, like I said, overall, I like it. I'm not gonna say it's no Friday Night Lights like that movie to me. Like you know what I mean? That's but I really, really like. I don't know. Like I, I didn't. I came into it like I. Me personally, I really don't like. I try not to watch too many like athletic dramas type thing because i feel like a lot of them be kind of exaggerated and i'm like man that, that shit don't happen and even in this all-american like some of the stuff they be doing up like bro don't nobody do that in the locker room or don't nobody do that at practice like certain things but overall like i can relate to it like so we just it's just dope we'll we'll talk about it we'll we'll do a whole different episode we definitely gotta talk about that that's dope um, but I'm, to, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. All right, bet as soon as you do, hit me so <laughs> we can right. we can schedule the next episode. But um, but but back to you as far as everything. Um, so I know you said uh when we was talking before you said you had actually finished um uh, a feature film. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I finished this feature film. It's my first feature film. It's the longest shit I ever wrote in my life. It's called The Bird Who Couldn't Fly. It's um, 118 pages, and it was a title given to me by my pops. He was like, "Yo, I got this title called The Bird Couldn't Fly." Like, I think I think he was like, I think, you, I think you created a really cool story based off that title." And <laughs> blah 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 blah. Going on and on. And I was like, "All right." So I sat on it for a little bit, and then I was like, "Man, I want to write a feature, but I ain't know what to write about." And so the first thing I saw, I'm like, like little note that, bird who comes flying. I was like, all right, let me see what the fuck I can make a story based off of this. <laughs> so came up um, with a story. So I grew up in Virginia, um, in Prince George, Virginia. I was born in Petersburg, Virginia. And Prince George, so first of all, Prince George is not Prince George's county. Let's clarify that first and foremost. Okay. Prince George's county is in Maryland. That's like both, like, up there. Got so you, got me. you. Prince George, Prince George County, no S at the end, Prince George County, that's in Prince George County, Virginia, which is right next to Petersburg, Colonial Heights, Chesterfield, Hopewell, those different cities, a.k.a. Richmond really is the closest big city to us. Got you. So, I grew up there, my family is from Norfolk, Virginia, and Virginia Beach, Virginia, a.k.a. it's like Tidewater is what they call it down there. Mm -hmm. So, literally... My entire family lives down there and in this place called Southampton County, Virginia. Southampton County, that's country, but it's in the southern part of Virginia as well. So, Tidewater is more like the city area of southern Virginia, and then you got Southampton County, which is the fucking country, but ain't shit out there. That's where my mom's side of the family. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what mainly my mom's side of the family is from. Mm-hmm. So, growing up there, and Prince George, it was a lot of, like, I grew up around a lot, I went to school with a lot of, like, military brats, for real, for real. a lot of kids who's, like, in the military, and their parents, like, or their parents were in the military, and, like, bro, they, like, everybody was living good, like, having, like, living lavish, and all of this shit, and I lived with, my parents had just got divorced, like, my, my mom was a single mom, and I was staying with my mom and shit, so, like, I, I was, I, we, we weren't hurt for nothing, but, like, it wasn't, like, the best. Mm-hmm. if you will and yeah going to like Prince George County schools it was just like the most it was different it was P- PWI it was PWI no no it, it wasn't it was it was made it was probably I would say 60 40 okay okay black. that's not bad but we were in Virginia like where I, where I lived at in Virginia it was like it was a, it was just a different vibe compared to like what you expect from the majority of Virginia, like, the, what people think of when they think of Virginia, they think of, like, Northern Virginia or people from, like, Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about the people from Richmond and, like, that area, and it's, like, it's just a real country area. So, when you got military brats, who's, like, just there temporarily, like, you know, like, most of them, like, to be honest with you, a lot of them stayed, actually, and a lot of them are still there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were, like, a lot more fortunate than I would have been had I stayed there with my mom because... I was, like, me and my brother was the first boys that, they, that my parents had ever had. Mm-hmm. My dad was in West Virginia. My sisters were grown. And, I mean, I don't think my mom would have let anything happen to me. 
But <laughs> my mom definitely wouldn't have been able to tame me the way that my pops tamed me, only because my pops was a man. So he knew Got you. Teach me. He knew exactly how to lead me as a as a young man. And so you know, my pops used to threaten me when I lived with him in West Virginia. Be like, "Yo, you gonna be like, I'm gonna see you back in Virginia." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and like, I used to be terrified of that, only because I knew what would come of that, bro. Like, it was nothing down there. Like. All my niggas that I went to school and shit, like they was in licks, doing nothing but just nothing. Like it was, it was nothing. Like I would have been able to go back to other than my childhood friends and any opportunities as far as like going to college or anything like that. It would have been, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm chilling. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll, like I'm gonna do something else, or I'm gonna go. I don't even know if I would have gone to college for real, for real. Like it was just a lot of unknowns, but a lot of shit probably would have went the wrong way because of the type of shit that I would have surrounded myself with just because I didn't have anything else to do. So, I, I just took that idea and, like, turned it into the worst possible scenario and I wrote a story about it. And, um, I was like, one thing when I was, like, growing up and shit was people, like, would try to, like, claim, like, blood and shit like that. Like, people would try to claim sex or whatever. Yeah. And so, I was like, Bro, I think I want to be a blood, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like doing all types of wild shit. And it's like the day of MySpace and shit. So I'm doing all types of crazy shit on MySpace and like acting all types of fucking fool. And mind you, my pops and my genes are like, you know, I'm doing all types of crazy shit, bro. Like mm-hmm. I'm 13. Like, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. So I'm at an age. I'm at a very vulnerable age. And bro, <laughs> all like I'm throwing up, like, all types of red on my fucking, like, MySpace. I got actual blood hit me up and shit on my... <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole thing. And my sister found out, and she called me livid, bro. She was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait a second. I ain't really no blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, bro, it was, it was, <laughs> it was fucking, it was, it got real, real quick. So... I took that idea and just, like, took that. Because that was one thing that I always remember. Like, my sister called me and she was just like, what the fuck is going on? So, <laughs> I just took that. I was like, well, shit, what if I would have just joined the blood and would have stayed in Virginia? And, like, it was an actual thing. And I just ran with that idea and, like, made it into, like, somebody who would have been a lost soul trying to navigate their way in gang life to, you know, be a man. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So, what's your um? So, what are your plans like with this feature film? Obviously, I to get it out there, but um, <laughs> what are you like actively doing at the moment for it? Um, I, for real, for real, I was I was writing it just to, like I just wanted to write. It. So, first of all, I, I don't know if you realize how much of a feat it is to write 118 pages. But <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was really convinced. I was like, oh, I can do this shit. No problem. Like, I'm going to just write it out over like a month or whatever. And I'm going to get this shit done. Bruh. I had been saying that all of February. February 20th, like, 8th come around, 27th. I'm like, fuck, I only got 40 pages. Bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was, I was behind. And I got the flu. God, mm, God bless you with the flu. I got the flu. And I was out of work for like three days. And I spent one day, I watched uh, this HBO show, The Outsider. I highly recommend you watch that if you're not HBO. Okay. Watch that. And then <laughs> the next day, I was like, I'm about to write this and the rest of this script. This week, like, I'm, this shit going to be done by Saturday. Like, no question that. <laughs> so Thursday through, I finished it. I started it Thursday at, like, noon. And I finished it Sunday at, like, 8 o'clock is when I, like, hit export on the last last edit before it was the first draft. Damn. So I wrote 75 plus pages in like two days. Damn. Two and a half days. Well, I go to show you can do like, whatever you like, want to you put your mind to it. That's crazy. Yeah, so so my ultimate goal like was really just to get it done. So when I got it done and then I read it and I was like, oh, fuck. I fuck with this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> what I did was I just kind of went through it. I finished it and I wrote it 
to try to get it into a screenplay contest called the Nickel Fellowship, um, which is upcoming. Well, the entry started March 6th. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was telling myself all of February, like, I'm going to write it, I'm going to finish it in a month or whatever, and it'll be done before March 1st. And I can get it in before that first entry deadline, which would have been March 6th. Mm-hmm. So they make the March 6th deadline. The next one was April 9th. So now that it's finished, that's exactly where it's going to that screenplay contest. And have you ever seen the movie Moonlight? Yes, I've seen Moonlight. So my um, teammate who I work with, he uh, he knows somebody who we went to high school or get yeah, high school with, who is a producer, who was a producer on Moonlight. Oh shit! That's and, dope. Yeah, so he's uh, he has, he doesn't like talk to her or anything, but he was like, yo. Here's like here she is. This is her company she works for and everything. He's like I saw her at, like a reunion a couple years back and she chatted. She told me she was a producer or whatever. But I thought she like won a fucking Oscar on Moonlight. So <laughs> I was like, damn. So he um he gave me her information and I just kind of looked her up and I got IMDb, IMDb Pro, so I'm able to see like who her who her like agent would be, who her con- like what her contact information is and shit. So I got her contact and so. And I'm going to try to send it to her and just kind of pitch it. And honestly, bro, I'm just trying to get it in front of some uh, culturally sound people um, who would be uh, willing to invest in producing it, bro. Because it's definitely something that could be produced and something I would love to direct. And, you know, it's it's, it's, definitely, a, it's definitely a love letter back home. So that's that's really the biggest thing for me is just like if I, if I am able to make it, I want to make it the right way because it's – truly something that like is you know close to me and whatnot that's dope that's dope well my prayers go out to that project hopefully the best things uh, the right hands get in touch with it you know what i mean and be able to do something with it for real for real because i was i was listening to um i forget what podcast i was listening to but um was it tyler perry i think it might have been tyler perry it was either tyler perry or will packer one of them but one of them was talking about um uh, doing projects but having like the wrong people behind it sometimes could be a disaster it could be the right project wrong people or right people wrong project so i thought that was kind of interesting that you like was like hopefully we can get some cultural people behind it um to be specific so yeah um yeah man uh is there anything else we've been on a minute we've been on chatting for a minute anything else that you're working on anything else that you got going on in the future anything we can look forward to other than the feature film, you write anything else at the moment? Yeah, so right now, um, like I said, I'm buckling down, trying to get as much work in as I possibly can while I got the time to sit in front of my computer. Um, so right now I'm working on this project called Rich Kids, which is honestly like the flip side of <laughs> uh, the bird gun fly. So okay. like I, said, I grew up in Virginia and like that area down south of Richmond and when I was 14 moved to West Virginia I was 13 moved to West Virginia and in West Virginia it was total opposite (laughs) so it was you know bro I graduated with three three black people in my graduating class oh wow well done yeah and a lot of it was it was it was don't get me wrong I love everyone with high school and everything but it was like the biggest culture shock you could possibly have. So, bro, you of, saying this, bro? I'm gonna cut you off, but you, say, bro, you gotta yeah. watch All American, bro. But go ahead and continue. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah. When you were, when you was kind of giving me like a little bit of the backstory, I was like, I probably will like this. You gonna relate, like bro? You gonna relate like, from what you saying, bro? You gonna relate so fucking much, bro? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was just that I was in. I was in pretty much nowhere but BFE West Virginia mm-hmm. boy <laughs> like, you know 10 black people that I associated with total wow and yeah it was crazy but all like all for the best though like it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because yeah. I came home and like my parents were just it was a black household I lived in at the fucking day word, 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 like, word. that shit didn't change so no matter how out there I wanted to be, like I came home and it was just like a totally different environment. And <laughs> like a lot of people think like you go to West 
Virginia, living in West Virginia, it was like backwoods and not a lot going on. And like people missing teeth and marrying their sister and doing all that crazy <laughs> shit. Bruh, West Virginia, like where I lived at, it was the second, I think it was like the second wealthiest county or something in West Virginia oh, wow. at the time. And dude, it was like, I went to school with like the doctors and lawyers and Got you, know, you. dentists. Got you. Like those like kids, and not all, not everybody was rich. Not everybody had money, but everybody was definitely well off. Like including myself, mm-hmm. and it was a very, very interesting like spot to be in. Coming from living with my single, you know, parent mom, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and like running wild doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do. To my dad being like, "Nah, you can't do this," and like really interested in sports and shit like that. To the point where it was like that was all I was focused on. Hmm. So it was um rich kids is just about it's the most exaggerated form of that. So it's <laughs> the most exaggerated shit that could have happened had I been there and the, like done the stupid shit that I actually did, but then also like done it and got away with it. Gotcha. So gotcha. anyway <laughs> like that Rich Kids more just kinda like it's comedy, like it's like it's, it's like a half hour uh, television show. Okay. And I'm gonna try to enter that in the contest, but goal ultimately is to write five yeah five scripts or like concepts mm-hmm. out into screenplays um by june 1st so by, by may 30th june 1st i want to have like five of this is done all right i'm gonna hold you to that i'm about to put it in my notes i'm gonna hold you to that bro yeah. june 1st i'm gonna hit you like yo i'm switching them five screenplays bro oh yeah they dog they gonna be done because my whole goal is by June 1st like to be focused on we gonna do this 48 hour film festival in July mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna be focused on that and moving to New York and like figuring out exactly where I'm gonna work when exactly I'm moving and getting the ball rolling bro cause I am ready <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that I am ready I feel you on that it's where I need to be I feel you on that. Um, trying to think, I don't really got no more questions. You pretty much answered everything. You got what you going, what you, what we got going on. We gonna do this other podcast on All American. That's gonna be dope. Um, and then yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll touch base again either before, either right before that film festival. You said it's in July. Oh, so yeah, so the forty-eight hour film. It's um, it's we just make a film in forty-eight hours. So, oh shit! Yeah, you go there like on Friday at like seven, uh-huh. and that's when it starts. Like they they release you at seven, and so you gotta um, submit your film by seven thirty Sunday. Oh snap! Yo, that's dope. All right, so bet after yeah. what, what we'll do is from this one, we'll touch base again after you watch All American, and then we'll do one on that, and then we'll touch base after that forty eight hour film festival so you could talk about that you know what i mean talk about your experience how that went yada yada word yeah and that'll be i hope if i ain't in new york hopefully about to move there so that'll be perfect yeah and and once you get up here once you live up here then that'd be dope because then we can start getting some visuals yeah so that'd be that'd be dope for real for real because ain't nothing for me to just uh take a weekend pop up there so ain't about shit um so yeah, for all my listeners out there, um, real quick, if you haven't uh, haven't listened to um, episode one of uh, Mr. Roger Turner, go check that out. It was very dope, um, very informative. It's not too often, if often at all, that we hear from uh, a young black screenwriter. Um, so definitely go check that out um, and tell everybody, I guess, where they can find you. All your social media handles, the websites, all that good stuff. You can find me at Rogers World, that's R-O-G-E-R-Z World, on Instagram. And uh, my videographer Instagram is at Turner underscore town. And Facebook, Roger Turner. If I don't know you, I'm probably not going to accept it so <laughs> on Facebook, but <laughs> I got you on IG. Follow me. I'm all about the IG followers. And <laughs> turn it down one. That one is open to the public, so feel free to follow and like as you please. But um, not nah, bro, you can also 
can follow my website, TinyTownMedia.com, and UpstreamFilms.tv is um, where I do all my short film and screenwriting blogs and whatnot. So feel free to check out that when y'all get a chance, and appreciate y'all listening. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, real quick, everybody, like like I said, definitely go check out the first episode. Um, if you listen to this one, whether it don't matter which one you check out first, but definitely check out the first one. It was definitely one of my favorites. But um, other than that, yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, sorry that it took so long. We've been recording for over an hour. I'm going to edit the hell out of this. But <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Um, great to hear from you again. We're definitely going to um, be in touch the next couple months um definitely with that lineup we're gonna try to stay true to it um the next one about all americans after that we're gonna do the one at the uh, film festival so that'd be kind of some dope content to give to the people so um i appreciate your time bro absolutely bro i appreciate it all right well you stay safe all this quarantine mess stay out of the way you know what i mean just <laughs> get you um but this like you said this is a a great time for creatives um, because you, all the outside distractions, I guess you could say, other than social media is kind of like cut off. So, um, you got a lot of time on your yeah. hands to do what you got to do. So, um, keep your head up, keep doing your thing. Stay safe, bro. All right, bro. All right, hey, bro. You. I appreciate the call, man. Y'all stay safe out there. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Peace. Bye.